0: I was having a Bible study one time, and um, <clears throat> I was having a Bible study with a man. Usually, I would meet with him just in a, like a noodle shop or someplace we can get some, some cheap food, and then we'd sit there and we'd go through this uh, the one on one Bible study that eventually became the Daily in the Word or whatever you use here. The same, uh, Brother Honeycut's great material, still using it. And this is years ago, and uh, I was sitting in this, this McDonald's with this man, and all of a sudden, uh, to my left, there was this, uh, this man comes over, kind of a little bit sheepishly, and he says, is that a Bible? And uh, it's, you know, yeah, it's a Bible. And uh, he said, are you studying the Bible? And uh, I said, yes. He said, can I listen? This is for real. <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> so he sat down. And uh, so instantly the whole thing has to stop, you know, we, we're, we're, the whole train of thought. Okay, we're, now we've got to start from like, ground, ground zero, the, the very beginning. So we started talking to him, and and uh, and then this man, uh, this young man, who was a college student at the time, uh, he then uh, I said I said, would you like to study with me one on one? And he said he would, and uh, so we made a time. So the next time we met, um, I, I I met with this man. He brought a friend. Well, I don't I don't. I don't really need, I mean, I, now I'd already done the first lesson with him, kind of. And, uh, and, and the other man I was studying with, you know, and now he has to hear the same lesson again. Well, he brings his friend, I got to do the same lesson again, and uh, start from the beginning again. And so, so we did that, and then the next time, a week later, we met again the same, and then he brought another friend. And, uh, and then, okay, and so it come to find out at their, their college, they had this, uh, this kind of like this little group that would get together and just like on purpose discuss hard questions. And just some, you know, go to a restaurant or something, sit on a big, big table and just talk about something. And so he was bringing those guys one by one. And uh, the reason why he had stopped me in the first place was uh, was he had broken up with his girlfriend. Well, I'm sorry, his girlfriend had broken up with him, and uh, and he was really messed up about it. And he found out that his this ex-girlfriend was now going to be at some sort of show or a concert or something with with, with another guy. So this little guy, not exactly manly, <laughs> but he was going to go beat this guy up. So he he drank a couple of beers and went to go outside wherever there, there were there were people who were inside. And, and while he was walking around, uh, this is you're talking. This is a long time ago. Somebody gave him a track. It was almost Christmas time. Gave him a track. Now this is this is not supposed to you know we hear it's supposed to happen but we never actually see it happen right. So he read this track that night, that day, slightly intoxicated. And, uh, and on, on the spur of the moment, he decided, I'm going to become a Christian. This is really, really what happened. So then like uh, a couple days later, uh, he sees this guy studying the Bible in a restaurant. And so he, uh, he asked me about it. So he, he brings these friends. Well, One of those, one of those friends, I start, start kind of having these bunch of one-on-one Bible studies with these different guys. And uh, one of those, those men, uh, he, he w- was one of them that got saved and uh, ended up uh, getting baptized and, and growing. And, um, and then uh, he, just, he just grew rapidly in Christ. I mean, really fast. He really just got into the Word of God and just therefore he, he just matured quickly. And my wife and I ended up starting a... At that, at that time, we were um, the interim pastor of a work. And uh, when that pastor came back from his furlough in the States, um, uh, we, we decided to go ahead and branch out and, and start a, a church in the university district. And so I, I went ahead and started it right next to that, that university where those men were coming from, these, these, uh, this, this, uh, this young man who had just kind of grown rapidly. He helped me start it. And uh, a couple months later, he brought one of his friends to, uh, to our meeting, and then that young man got saved. And, uh, and so the, the, the man who... who uh, that, that young man became the pastor of the church in Beijing. The friend he brought uh, ended up growing in Christ again very rapidly and became kind of the right-hand man there for, for Brother Jeremy and when he became pastor. And then, uh, then, then the Lord just worked it out. It was totally God's will for, for Brother Daniel to come here to West Coast Baptist College. Um, my, my philosophy is that Christianity is not— um, we, America has no monopoly on Christianity and so I don't think it's necessary for us to have to bring all our guys across the ocean to, you know, to be in like the holy place and to learn the Bible. Uh, no, nah, it's not necessary. It's just, it's a, it's a great expense. It's kind of dangerous. You know, how, how are you going to go back to that when you've already experienced uh, the cold of, Lanc- or the beauty of, you know, whatever, when you experience America? And uh, it's kind of hard to get yourself back over there. But uh, I remember Brother Daniel, um, he, was, he, 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 uh, he came to me one day. Uh, I, I was already now, I'd moved, moved on to another, another work, but he called me and he, he asked me, I, have, he, I, don't, even, I don't think he, I ever told him I'm from what college I went to, I don't, ever. I mean, it was, it was just not a big deal. Um, but he said, what do you think about me going to West Coast Baptist College? And I, I told him my standard answer, no. I don't think it's a good idea. Three reasons. Number one, it's not necessary. We have the Bible right here. Number two, it's expensive, you don't have the money. Number three, it's dangerous, you might not come back. And uh, literally, uh, this is incredible. Dr. Rasmussen sends out this massive email to all these different guys in China. And, And this is just like a couple days after we had this conversation, I get this email from Dr. Rasmussen saying, if you know of any young men who would like to study at West Coast Baptist College from China, this is an opportunity. And he then lists these requirements, which are just out of this world. You know, you've got to be young and single and have good English. And you've got to be committed to come back to China and and work. And and there's none of us knew of any guy in in, in China like that, except one. And that was Brother Daniel. And uh, so he he came, I I just called him back. I said, Daniel, I don't know, man, this, maybe this is God's will. (laughs) I just, this is too, I I told you no, but I'm not the Holy Spirit. And uh, so the Lord worked it out. He was able to come here and uh, now he's back there. I said all that to say this. A little girl who we don't know gave a man a track who she didn't know. And to this day, we don't know who that person was who handed that track out that night. We don't know. She has no idea. But there are now two churches that have pastors directly from her fruit, and she doesn't know. And tonight, I get to go pick up this, this young man that I've got to watch develop. And now he's a tremendous pastor. Brother Jeremy, the guy in Beijing, when, after he got saved, he was super excited. He was really excited. And, uh, and he went back to his hometown, which is very close to where I live now. He went from Beijing back to the province I live in now in Sichuan. And uh, when he was there, he called me. He had a friend who he had witnessed to that was interested. And he said, do you know anybody here? And at that time, I knew of one guy who was in that area. So I called that man. And I was able to set up so they could kind of meet, and then then that man went, came back to the states, but another man took his spot, so he kind of passed him on to him, and then, uh, then for, for a short time he wasn't going anywhere, and then I came to that area, and so then I uh, contacted him, and we we had a meal together, and uh, and and it was obvious that he already he was already saved, and um, and so he started coming to our to our church, and he's been faithful. And uh, eventually, oh, when our church uh, needed to 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 choose deacons uh, the, in the church, the, the people unanimously said, "This is this is the, this is the one of the men that needs to be a deacon." So tonight, I get to go pick up this this young man who's uh, one of the deacons of our church. He is the fruit of a little girl who passed out a track that brought a man to a place who said, "I want this," and then he brought a friend who then told this other friend and also his other friend. And right, and what I'm about, to, we're about to, I, I get to show you a little bit of fruit, but that fruit is coming from somebody we have no idea who it is. And I would just want to encourage you that whatever you do, when you knock on a door, when you give out a tract, you don't know what the fruit's going to be. And it's exciting to serve a God that can, that can remember these things. This is, did not go unnoticed by him. There's going to be an amazing day of reckoning when he is going to show us the little things we had no idea, the impact it had. And it's exciting to serve a God like that. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm sorry, me, chapter 18. A couple of years ago, I got to be here and, and preach in chapel and I, and I, I, I knew the Lord wanted me to preach on Elijah. And today we're going to preach on Elijah again. This is a story that if if you are in Bible college, you've already heard the story many times, and I love it. It's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. If you come from a, if you just if you hear one from one of the, one of the visiting schools, and uh, you you know the story. The story that, that is such an awesome moment. I'm not gonna take a long time to to read the entire passage. I'm just gonna read the just the the, the climax of this moment. We're gonna pray and we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just gonna just talk about this incredible story. I love it. I love it. Let's, let's, uh, let's begin here in verse 36. <clears throat> this is 1 Kings eighteen thirty six. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Let's pray Father pray you bless the next few minutes Lord uh, the time is is so short, and Father, I can be too wordy. I pray that you please constrain me, Lord help me to know what to say and how to say it please, Lord emphasize what you want to emphasize I pray that you please allow this this story this incident that took place so long ago to still now give us what we need father that you would, you would you would allow this to to, to Give us a renewed passion for you. Please, Lord, use it. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this story. It's it's just incredibly glorious, this moment. I love the the entire, just the buildup to it. You know know the story about the the prophets of Baal, 450 men. When I imagine it, I always think of like maybe a dozen or so, like running around, the. but you're talking about 450 prophets of Baal. Plus, the Bible says 400 prophets of the grove. So a total of 850 guys on this side and on this side, one guy. And you know the story how they, 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 they dance around and everything and, and, and nothing happens. And, and, and Elijah's there making fun of them and mocking them. And, and, and finally they give up and it's done. And so then, then the, the, the whole, the moment, I mean, uh, the entire population of Israel is there witnessing that moment. They are in desperate need because they have not had rain in three and a half years. Their economy is in ruins. And they are there because they're just trying to figure out what we need to do. Let's just, we need to figure out who God is. And, and this guy who said it wasn't going to rain, he ordered us to come. And so we, we just show up. So they're all watching this moment when Elijah begins to repair the altar of the Lord. And he puts those stones back where they're supposed to be. And then he, the Bible says that he, he, uh, he cuts up this, this cow. And I have no idea how long that took. It was 15 minutes, three hours. I have no idea. I've never cut up a cow before. But as he cuts this thing up and puts it on top of the altar with the wood. And then, then the Bible says that he did that, that great dramatic moment where he orders them to take the barrels of water. Ends up putting 12 barrels of water on top. And having dug this little trench, the water just fills the whole thing. And then after all that, then he does that moment where he, I he, he, imagine he kneels down. And then he prays that prayer we just read. And after praying that prayer, that moment when. Fire fell down. And this, this man's beard was probably singed. And everybody took that step back in that amazing gasp. And it was almost too bright to look at. And the Bible says it didn't just consume the sacrifice. I mean, when it was done, there was just this hole, this black hole, where there had been, once been an altar. It even consumed the rocks. It was that hot and that sustained. It was an incredible moment. The next verse, the, the entire people in, in unison, they say, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And it's this one time in all of Israel's history from the time they split from Judah that they ever had revival. And it was such an intense revival that a few years later, Jezebel, the wicked queen, when she wanted to kill someone, she knew how to do it. She knew that what he, to, to, to get Naboth dead, this righteous man, she, all she had to do was to get some people to say he blasphemed the Lord. And the people were just so filled with religious fervor, they actually took the man out and stoned him for having done that. This started from this moment right here. It was the one time that Israel saw real revival, and it was brought on from this moment of the fire falling from heaven. I love this moment. But this morning, I don't want to concentrate too much on that. I want to ask you this question. I want you to consider it. What if what if fire had not fallen Just think about it for a minute okay I mean, this whole thing happens, and Elijah's making fun of him. You know, I guess he's busy, huh? Maybe you gotta wake him up. <laughs> oh, it goes on for hours. Okay, forget it. You guys are done. You guys are done. And there's these 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 men who have been. The Bible says they've been leaping on this altar, and finally, they were taking knives and they were cutting themselves. We're not talking about again. We're not talking about half a dozen guys here. We're talking about hundreds of men running around, leaping on the altar. It's been this amazing spectacle. The Bible says that they, they prophesied from midday until the evening sacrifice. They've been doing this all day long, just prophesying, preaching, yelling, singing, doing whatever they, they're doing. And finally, this man comes over and does this thing where he, he, it's, he, he puts the thing. And it's kind of uh, just a simple thing he does. He doesn't run around. He doesn't do chants. He doesn't wave around incense. He just simply puts the thing back together, cuts the thing up, puts it on top, fills it with barrels, does this thing. Everybody's kind of watching, waiting for this moment. Everybody's down there waiting for him to finish. Finally, he does this thing. He kneels down and he begins to, to pray. And he asks God, would you please now let fire fall? Amen. Now. (laughs) Please. What would you do? How long would you wait? 10 seconds? A full 60 seconds? All those people gathered around this this mountain, Mount Carmel there. They're watching this thing. They're kind of starting like, whoa. And then they... Okay. How long would you wait? What would you do next? Pray again? What would you do? Oh, okay. Oh, let me see. Oh, come on, Lord. Okay. Oh, God! Would you pray louder? Longer? What would you do? How long would you wait? How many times do you pray? The reality is that you and I, we, we, I think we believe this passage, but we don't believe it enough that you have ever gone out into one of these fields out here and tried it, let alone in front of the whole student body. Now, don't forget, Elijah did not go into the desert and practice this a few times to make sure. He will, in his lifetime, he will see fire fall four times. This is the first time. He will say, I'm sorry, three, three times. The next two times will be. Do you remember do you remember this, this moment when these soldiers came to arrest him? And fire falls down? This is the first time. This, he's never seen it before. This is it. This is the moment when your God bring fire down. Prove to us you're real. God, show us the reality. Bring these people back to you. This I pray in your name. Hurry! I don't know what you do, but I think maybe, I, I, I think before I, I gave up, not to catch, I think I would start at least preach a little sermon like, well, right is still right, and the Bible's still the Bible, and this is idolatry, and it's wrong. The old paths are still right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be embarrassing? <laughs> Let me ask you this then. If fire didn't fall, who won? I mean, who won the challenge? Remember the challenge? The whole purpose. If you, if you look at it back a little bit further, the whole purpose of this, this exercise was to prove who was God. So if, if, if you look at verse 23, it says, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on wood and put on and fire under it. And I will just the other bullock and lay it on, on, on wood and put fire under it and Call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And the people answered and said, It is well spoken. So if these guys got finished, having done hours of this huge show, and they didn't get fire, and then he does this, this repair, and then he puts water and all that stuff, and, and, and then he prays, and nothing happens, and then they just end it. All right, well, okay. Who wins? You might think, oh, it's a draw. Nobody won. Nobody got fired. But I'm afraid that in reality, it was not a draw. I think I can guarantee you, they won. The prophets of Baal, in that situation, if they don't get fire and he doesn't get fire, they win. You see, without fire, Elijah was much more boring than those guys. Without fire, this spectacle that was over here, they didn't get fire, it's true, but it was something to watch. It was an amazing few hours. It was definitely captivating for the audience to sit there and watch as men who were intellectuals, men who were well-trained, men who wore the robes that gave them status As these men began to loosen up in desperation, trying to get Baal to send down fire, and as they began to become very emotional, and they began to to run around, and finally started to to actually leap up on the altar and leap, jump back down again, and leap up on the altar, and jump back down again. And finally, finally, they actually bring out the knife, and they, listen, girl, we need fire. Bring down fire. And he cuts himself, and blood begins to, and people ooh. And as he's bleeding and it's just dripping everywhere and he's running still around and then another guy takes that knife and does it, and pretty soon you've got dozens of men running around bleeding different parts of their bodies. Wow. There may not be fire, but it ain't boring, is it? Then you got this guy. Now, if if fire falls, the whole lead up is just awesome. If fire doesn't fall, the whole thing was really lame. If fire doesn't fall... Elijah totally looks like some old fashioned ditty. Like, old fashioned in a bad way. I don't mean like we're old-fashioned an old fashioned, funeral Baptist. I mean old fashioned like this is way, way out of date. I don't know what he's doing, but this is like, I don't know. If fire doesn't fall, this old man over here looks really judgmental. Just a few moments before in verse 27, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or, or is he on a, a journey or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. <laughs> he was making fun of them. You know, when, when fire doesn't fall, when he, when, all the stuff he was doing over here, oh, you guys, you idolaters, look at these guys, can't even get fire to fall. <laughs> yeah, all right. Where's the fire? Amen. Well, idolatry's wicked, okay? He doesn't look good because he was just making fun of these guys, thinking how bad these guys are, making, like, they're such sinners, but he doesn't have anything better. And it makes him look pretty weak, doesn't it? If fire doesn't fall, this guy, I'll just be honest with you, he does not really compare in the sense that he's simply an unsightly man. Do you remember later on when, when one time the king um, sends out some messengers and Elijah meets him on the way and, they, and tells him to tell the king, uh, and he comes back and they're like, whoa, you're already back here. And he says, yeah, man met us on the way. So did he said, what he looked like? They described Elijah for us said two things about him. Number one, about his looks. Number two, about how he was dressed. And those two things told the king exactly who he was referring to. Oh, that's Elijah. The first thing about him was his looks. And it said, what was the, what was the characteristic about it? That remember, who can tell me? Cool. You know? Harry. Harry, that's right. His name was Harry. No, he was Harry. He was a hairy guy. He was Harry. Okay, let me, let me stress that again. He was, you, you come back and say, so what was he? Was he tall or short? He was Harry, actually. So now imagine this, this man over here. Now here we have 450 different men, and they are prophets, and they, they, they have been nurtured but when the queen, and they, they're close, and there you got this guy who's just, there's one characteristic about him, he's hairy. And then it tells us about what he's wearing. And the guy says, yeah, really weird, he's wearing a leather, a leather girdle about his loins. Now I don't know about their fashion then, but apparently that made him something like anachronistic. It just doesn't fit. It's just kind of weird. He was wearing a leather girdle. Oh yeah, that's Elijah. Elijah. Yeah, that's Elijah. Definitely. Oh my goodness. Leather girdle still. (laughs) Here's a guy who doesn't have a sense of fashion. You get it? You get it? So in the end, you've got these men over here who are having this incredible service, incredible spectacle, incredible pageantry. And over here, you have a guy who's old, hairy, doesn't have a sense of fashion, boring, very judgmental. And he just preached at us and left. Who wins? They do. Over here, you have 450 men. We could say 850 if you include the prophets of the groves. Over here, you have one. A lonely one person. Not popular. He said, I, even I only remain. That makes him, when you're one against that, you makes you an extremist because fire didn't fall. These guys, they had an exciting service. They had a lot more people. They had important people. The king was on this side. The queen was on this side. The officials were on that side. They had their lawn chairs pulled up close to this action, and they had a little throne set up there for the king on this side. And their little fan club of little cheerleaders were like, go, go, Prophet of Bail, on this side. That side had one guy and a bunch of curious people saying, you think fire's going to fall? I don't think so. I knew it. Let's go home. Because fire didn't fall. When fire doesn't fall, they win. You see, all of us humans have a need for a belief system. We have a need for spirituality in us. You are witnessing the strangest, one of the strangest sites in human history where you have a society, your society, where apparently we're supposed to believe there is no God in our schools and everything else, and you are watching this really weird time where around the time you guys were born, I guess, I don't know, but there's this thing called Harry Potter. It was, became like super popular. It was all about magic, and you've been around when this thing of vampires became like big, and I, I'm watching from across the ocean going, what is wrong with you people? Why are you watching these things? Why is this even interesting? This stuff about spirits. It's all, it's just because human nature is, there is something above me, beyond me that I cannot see. There's something spiritual and people need it. If you were to go to the middle of the Pacific Ocean and find a people who have been isolated there for hundreds of years, they will have a belief system. It might be the mountain, it might be the sun, it might be something, but they will have something. And when you have a situation where people are being, they have something in their heart drawing them, that looking for something deeper in life, and when they have to choose from is simply this amazing spectacle or this fireless, boring, they're going to go over here. And they went. Let me tell you what I believe right now. You are at West Coast Baptist College because you want to know the truth. You want to serve the Lord God and you want to serve him as God. And you want to serve him in a way that is the way he really wants it. Not not some sort of fake Jesus. You want the real one. And the reality is what you are hoping to see and experience here at this college is to see God really work. Fire really fall. What your dream is, if you're a pastoral theology major, you're hoping one day to go out and start a church where God is going to work in a mighty way. You're going to be in a ministry where there was just something intangible, that God is doing the work. God is doing the supernatural in your work. That's what you're hoping for. But if fire doesn't fall in your ministry, you lose. Not because the other side, not because the other churches who have bad doctrine or have loose morals or not because fire fell for them. No, no. It's because you cannot compete with them. If you don't have fire, you cannot compete with them. It's not going to happen. It won't work. Now, here's the, the wrong thing to do. This it would be the wrong response. If Elijah feeling he's losing the, the attention of people, he's got it as he prays and he finishes the prayer. And then if nothing happens, he prays again, nothing happens. And he feels people's attention being drawn back over here, where you've got men who are trying to bandage and they they've they been so passionate, they've been so into it, and there they are with all these people there, and they're trying to, to, to fix themselves up, and, and it's there's something there. They're going to go over here. And you know what's like? This would be the wrong thing to do. Um, um, where's that knife? Let me see No, no, go. Come here, come here. Hey, hey, I cut myself too. Hey, look at me. I can leap on my own altar. Look at Come over here. Come over here. Oh, good. I got 40 of you. Yeah. Okay, look at it. We don't do that over there. That's wicked. Look at I can do that too. I can sing like they do. Let's do this for the Lord. That'd be the wrong response. You cannot compete. I'm talking here to the missionaries, Those anybody who plans to be a missionary, and I'm going to tell you the truth. For the people in the countries you're trying, hoping to reach, only real fire will impress them. The reason is, you cannot compete with the pageantry the mystical beauty, the traditions of the Roman Catholic Church. You cannot do it. You go to the Vatican, into St. Peter's. That building is so majestic. You walk inside and you just, it towers up. What Leonardo eventually created there. All the different other people who designed that thing. You, you look at the art and it's just, it is something spiritual, something mystical, something just, it'll grab you. It's very solemn. You go through the experience of the mass and you tell me. Try this, try, try going up to there, up in close to Tibet and go find yourself a Tibetan A Tibetan monastery up there, and you you sit there and listen inside as these these men inside who are all bald and wearing these maroon garments as they're in there, and there's somebody gonging something, and you can listen outside to the chants as there's a Buddha in there, and there's the smell of the incense, and there's they chant this this very eerie and solemn chant, and there's something about it that's really drawing, and you you Baptists you cannot compete with that unless you have real fire. You try, and you're just going to fail. Yeah, you, you may get some of the, the last few Baptists, the 7,000, to come over, and well, at least to something here, and you'll have your little gathering there, and yeah, you'll be better than the word Elijah guy, but you're not going to be with these guys. You need to have fire. I was, I was in Jerusalem one time, and it happened to be Saturday. It was Sabbath, the Sabbath. And we're like, am sorry, Friday night. We got there and we had to get there quickly because everything was closed and it was amazing. My wife and I got to look outside our little window there and we got to watch as people, uh, modestly dressed, beautiful, on their, with their, on their way to the synagogue for the, to, to, to do the Shabbat thing. And I said, we were tired, we were traveling, I said, let's, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. So we went outside and I just, well, I didn't know where we are going, I just went with them and we made it to the synagogue. And we asked the, the guy with the big old gun there and he wasn't a religious Jew, but he was out there guarding the thing. And I asked him, is it okay if we go in more He said, it's okay. So uh, my wife had to go to the ladies' area. I went to the men's area. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Watching these men with scrolls, these old men with the the beards and the hat as they were chanting. I have no idea what they're saying in Hebrew. It was just amazing to watch. Wow, it was something there. Wow, I got to see it. I got to experience it. Let me tell you, if you're going to try to reach them with anything other than fire, you're going to fail. You can't compete. If you're gonna be in LA and start a church or Atlanta, if you don't have fire, you're not gonna compete with the mega churches. Yeah, you can. You can you can buy all the equipment. You're just not gonna be able to buy enough. They got more money than you got. Sorry. Yeah, you can you can run around on the stage with the thing, you're not as good as they are. You never will be. You gotta have fire or you're done. West Coast Baptist College students, if you can't get God to really give you fire, please, please, just keep searching for fire. Don't go over here and say, well, what are you guys doing? Because everybody's going over to you. You ain't got fire, but you got something they all like. You got the pageant. It looks really cool. Let's use what you got. Try to get some more people over on this side, the good side. No! Get fire instead. Come on, get fire. Get on your knees and get fire. Otherwise, we lost. And we look so pitiful as we look over at them and say, whoa, cut yourself. People like that. Where's the knife? Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, look. Not gonna work. You gotta have fire. I'll tell you why fire fell. Let's look real quickly and we'll just wrap this up here. Fire fell for this reason. Look at verse 36, please. When he's praying, he said, at the very end of that verse, he says, Let it be known this day that thou art the Lord, that thou art the God in Israel, and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. He had great faith to believe that when he he prayed that prayer that something was going to happen. He had great faith. That took great faith. But it was at God's word. Apparently, at some point before this moment, God had told him what to do. I don't know uh, if it was in a dream. I don't know how, but it was at God's word. Let me tell you the very first thing he did. He did what God's word said. Now, today, we we already have God's complete word in our hand right now. He's finished. He will never give you more than you have in your hands. Here's why. If you ever, if you ever meet someone who had a dream from an angel, if you're in LA soul winning and you meet this old lady and she says, yeah, I had a dream and I saw something. Just figure out what, what she saw in the dream that's not already in this book. If it's in this book, God's not gonna give you that, that, that much more. No, no, we know in part, we prophesy in part, in part. If you go look back at Isaiah and you just take your Bible and just do this right like If you just, just take Isaiah right like that and look at what Isaiah did not get. He got a tiny little portion just from there until there. That's what Isaiah got right there. That's it. This part, he couldn't know. Never. And this part, if he wanted to know, he had to go find it in the Bible for himself. Jeremiah did not get this part. He got That much. If you want to know this part, including what Isaiah said, you had to go look at it. And God told John, it's done. Nothing else. This is it. This is the word of God. I can promise you that if you want fire to fall, you've got to stick with this book alone. Turn with me to James chapter number five, please. James chapter number five. James chapter five, you're gonna see here in verse 16 exactly why fire fell. He was doing it according to the word of God. Verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another. I know you're still, I know you're still turning there, but just, just let, me, let me go quickly here. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Look at this next statement here. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He's about to give one example, one example throughout all of history. He's going to pick, just just pick out one. And you know who he picks? He picks the man we're talking about right now, Elijah. In verse 17, Elijah was a man, subject like passion as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it may not rain and it rained not. Here you have the, 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 the fact that he, the Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Doesn't mean a perfect man. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. He wanted to sleep in like you. He wanted to give in to lust like you. He wanted to be lazy like you. He wanted to, be, to, to, to cheat on his reports like you. But he did not. He was a righteous man. And if you want fire to fall, let me just tell you that if you are playing around with something and then you go to your church that morning and say, God, let fire fall, don't be surprised when nothing happens and you're left Embarrassed. I get to 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 pastor in a little tiny room. This little tiny room has no gorgeous architecture, none. And I have people who walk in that room week after week, bringing their friends. I don't speak good Chinese. If you heard my Chinese, you'd probably think I got great Chinese. If they hear my Chinese, it's just they have to suffer through it. I'm not joking. Every time I preach, there's going to be grammatical errors throughout the message. What are they doing in there? When we, when we sing, we, we have, we have these, this one songbook that I photocopy stuff out of. And, and it's, we, don't have, we don't have all these from different, different uh, publishers, this newest thing. No, they're just the traditional hymns. That's what we've got. And we just sing them. Where well, we're meeting right now, the place we're meeting right now. We just moved there. The door is too thin. We are right now putting in something to, to, uh, uh, to, to soundproof it. But it's not there yet. So you know what we've been doing last month? We've been singing like this. Oh, Lord, my God. Not, oh, Lord, my God. Which I like to sing like. We can't. You know why? Because even if we sing like that, you can hear us in the hallway. So you, you bring your friends in. I'm telling you, I wish, I wish we had this, this really great, big choir with the orchestra I wish but we don't but people still come when they walk in it's because the person who brought them one time previously some point when that man up there William Merrick was preaching something happened they said hey you got to come hear this and when they come back at that time with their friends suddenly (laughs) you know what they're saying you got to come watch fire fall and suddenly, it's my job to make fire fall. And when they come, they're waiting for me to make fire fall. And when fire doesn't fall, you know what I want to do? I want to quickly make, I, I, okay. if we have a good good song service, if we have, if, if there's a few other fun things that we eat together, if we, man, if I show a little video or something, maybe it'll be worth their while having come over here. But let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. If fire, if I preach and fire doesn't fall, I've wasted their time. I just can't, I mean, They might as well not have come. And and, and as a preacher, that's the way it is. Every single Sunday. But if fire falls, it kindles something. And nobody can compete once fire falls. You will begin to have the Buddhists show up. The Muslims will start coming in to say what's going on. Roman Catholics will say, I want this is real. I want this real. This is real. I've never seen it real before. And it will not be the vaulted ceilings, the chandeliers, the candles, because we don't got it. It'll be because fire fell. Why did fire fall? He was doing things God's way from God's word. He was living a righteous life. And it says right here, that this man was willing to sacrifice. He prayed three and a half years. And the moment he went to that king and said, it ain't gonna rain till I say, he had to run away to the brook Cherith and be fed by birds alone by himself till the brook finally dried up. And then he had to go and ask, beg from a foreign widow in another country and be sustained by this widow until finally it was all done. And we came back, came back to a country that had been devastated by the very prayers he prayed. And yet he was willing to pray them because he wanted to see fire fall and prove to his people that God is God. And he was willing to pay whatever price was necessary. And fire fell. The Bible says here you the effectual fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. West Coast Baptist College, I, I don't know what that means for him. I don't know. Does that mean hours of prayer? Does that mean he, he, did, did, he did he get in, his, in, his, in, his, out in the wilderness just praying for days? I don't know. But I mean, back of you, you, you came here because you want the real thing. You're not looking to figure out all the little, little tricks of the trade to get people to be like, wow, this is real. No, you want the real thing. Let me, let me tell you that when you walk out of here and you live a ministry, you want it to be the real thing. I can give you lots of different little tricks and things you can do and, and, and the little ways you can get people to be like, wow. But in the end, why wouldn't you just want real fire? And if you want fire, it's going to cost you. It's going to be you going to God infectually, uh, fervently praying for God's power to come. Our time is so short, turn me really quickly to, 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 to Luke 24. Let me just give you a little example of this. Luke 24, Luke 24. In this, in this passage, you have these two men who are walking along and then the, the, there's, this, there's this third man that joins them and, and they begin talking and they say, you hear what happened in Jerusalem? And the guy says, no, how could you not know? And then this man, they don't know it's Jesus. They don't know who they're talking with. But this man begins from the very beginning of the Bible, the Old Testament, and begins to talk to them. Now, let me tell you, they're walking, right? But this is the longest sermon in history. He talks and he talks and he talks and he talks. He goes to the entire Old Testament and and shows them the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in the entire Old Testament. And then later on when he disappears, look what they said in verse 32. Luke 24, 32. They're like, oh, that's who he was. Oh, of course. Wow, well, how do we, we not know that? And they said another, look at this phrase. Did not our heart burn within us? While well, he talked with us, by the way, and while well, he opened to us the scriptures. Let me tell you, you cannot manufacture that. Only God can do that. You can, you, can, you can practice your preaching skills, and you should. You can get a good, uh, a good music program, and you should. You can prepare people's hearts with great singing, and you should. But in the end, to have someone's heart burn within them only comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And I can tell you from lots of experience. It cannot be manufactured any other way. I have tried. You want fire to fall. You want it to be when you stand up someday in front of that little crowd in some dingy little place that when they leave there, they know something's different. And they've got to gather other people. Come hear the words of life. Come, you've got to come to this place. That place is a storefront. You just, just, just come, just come in. You've got to hear this guy. Come on, come on, come on. That's what you want. You're not going to get it because you, you, you raised a ton of money and built this humongous thing and it was all perfect sound and everything. That's not going to do it. Now, if you have the money, do it. But in the end, that's not what's going to change people's life for real. Yeah, you can mimic them. Yeah, you can get their little ways and, and, and you, maybe you can get some crowd. I don't know. In the end, I would tell you this, that if you have to choose between no fire and being like them or having no fire and being what you're supposed to be, being like supposed to be, and then get on your knees and pay God for fire and refuse anything other than real fire. Dr. Rasmussen, you left one school to go to another school because of fire. The dorm stunk, but you knew there was fire there. My family moved 500 miles when I was a teenager so that we could get in a church where there was fire. As a teenager, I got to watch revival take place in my church. If I explained to you, if I described to you the whole thing, you wouldn't believe it. You would not believe what I have I told you. A tiny little place we packed people in. There were people standing. They would open these old, old windows and they'd poke their heads in. We joked the balcony. They'd open the back two doors and they'd put chairs outside there and they called the balcony. They put a big speaker out there. They'd, they ran, ran out of room. They put it upstairs. And the way they'd say amen was they'd stomp like that. The pastor would say, hey amen up there in the balcony. And they go boom, 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 boom. Downstairs, it was these old orange pews that there were there were holes in them. I'm not kidding. I'm just saying this, right? I'm just telling you, this is the way it was. This is simply the way it was. The linoleum no, was all broken up in the middle part. The lights were there, where there was these super, super bright spotlights. Every preacher we had always sat there and sweated as he preached every time. The, you know how much music? Let I me mean, tell you about music. Let me tell you about music. The entire time I was there as a teenager, there was never any special music unless somebody came, like a traveling family or something came through. That was it. They had a choir. But the choir didn't really speak to parks that well. I, I can't tell you, but I can tell you this to this day. To this day, I know of families who moved across the entire country just to be in that church. The nurseries, what were they? You know what they were? They were old, dilapidated buses. They took the engines out to put on other buses so they could run those buses, and they, they put them back to back, stripped out all the chairs, painted them pink, put some carpet in there, put some cribs. I'm not kidding. The pastor's office, I cleaned It, it was in a trailer, and there was fire, and I saw it. I would sit there in those services and it would preach on and on and on and on. And he would start rapping and say, I'm going over and you hear all these men, all these Marines and sailors and others, including myself, say, preach on brother, preach on. And we weren't just joking. We wanted more, please don't stop. Please don't stop. I don't use Facebook. But I know that there's actually a group on Facebook just for people from that era to post pictures and memories from that one era fire fell nascotypes college you are not here to learn the tricks of the trade you are here to know your savior and to go out knowing you must have him. And you're willing to pay whatever price it takes to really have a fire. I'm convinced that most of the time we get to preach, to be honest with you, that there's no fire. It's kind of embarrassing. It makes us look kind of old-fashioned. We're very uncouth. We're still wearing these things. It just feels old-fashioned. We're very judgmental. But if fire falls there will be no more competition. People will flock to watch the fire fall.